Hello, it's Sarah here. I'm so glad you are listening to the Heart to Heart Outreach Podcast. One of my greatest passions is ministering to women, creating a space where they can learn from others and ultimately becoming the women God has made them to be. This message you are about to hear will surely do that for you. Why not share it with a friend as you grow together in Jesus? This program focuses on sensitive topics including domestic abuse, suicidal thoughts and attempts, and eating disorders. We encourage you to seek medical and mental health services support and pastoral support if these topics resonate with you. Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is Sarah, uh, the Heart to Heart Outreach uh, founder, and um, we are here today. Uh, we've got a guest speaker. We are going to be listening to um, her story and how she um, got out of uh, the situation that she found herself in. Heart to Heart is an outreach. Um, actually, it's, um, when I started it, 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 it was just ideally for uh, reaching out to women who have experienced um, childhood and also um, adult um, um, abusive um, issues and uh, domestic abuse in, in particular. And uh, so um, I work as a mental health uh, professional and I also personally have experienced childhood and um, adulthood uh, abuse. And I tend to come across a lot of people that have experienced more or less the same things that I experienced and they have been crippled mentally by them. And I also am a Christian and uh, in church setting, I have also come across a whole lot of people that have really been affected by uh, these experiences in childhood as well as in adulthood. And the problem is where to get help and how to get that help and where they can get a platform to open up because they are dealing with very sensitive stuff that most people won't even understand what they are talking about. So the um, I felt like God uh, was prompting me to, um, you know, uh, do something that could uh, help women in particular. And we are not excluding men. This is open to everybody. But in the beginning, I was focusing on women because I am a woman and what I experienced is what women would experience. And that's the reason why I was saying women's outreach. But I've realized that, you know, these issues affect men as well as women, even though it affects women more. But men do get, uh, you know, affected as well by these issues. So it's just an outreach really reaching out to uh, uh, broken people and people who are looking for uh, to to recover from, um, uh, you know, um, effects of abuse. So um, what we do is um, I do videos and I uh, just started interviewing people who have experienced such things so they can also, you know, because every story is different. My story is different from everybody else. So, you know, and then we are looking at uh, finding uh, people who have uh, gone through those things and they have come out and they are now doing something to, to help others. So Paulette is one of those people. And today we will be hearing from her, from her own story. And she will tell us what happened and also how she got out and managed to live a normal life that she is living and uh, today and helping other people. Paulette, now 
uh, back to you, how would you just tell the people about your story and, um, you know, where it all started and, you know, to a point where you wrote a book, Paulette, by the way, she's an author of uh, Behind the Smile, and that's her book over there, and it was uh, published uh, early this year in February, and it's all about her story. It's not fictional. You know, she went very bare with it, so uh, she's telling it all, you know, the, the good and the not so good you know, the bad and not so bad. So it's all in there. And and today she's just going to tell us a little bit about, you know, what the book is all about and also, you know, in person what she experienced. And then we will be uh, uh, asking her questions as we go. Okay, Paulette, can you just briefly tell us um, your story? <laughs> that is so Hello. interesting. <laughs> Hello, my name is Paulette, um, Paulette Montero, yes. Um, my story, as you, you said, um, is a story of trauma, um, mm. quite, um, like you said, you know, there's bad, there's worse, there's, mm. you know, just that, but it's a story of trauma, mm -hmm. um, starting from childhood where I didn't really grow up with my parents. Mm -hmm. So I grew up in mostly, um, in foster care, mm -hmm. um, beginning of my life. I was raised by my grandmother, mm -hmm. um, in Congo. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I came back, so I was born in France, um, but then I went to Congo at mm -hmm. the age of five, if I recall it correctly. Mm -hmm. um, stayed in Congo for almost, I think, three years, mm -hmm. um, raised by my grandma and, mm -hmm. you know, the family members who were back in Congo. Mm -hmm. um, then our mother came um, to pick us up again, um, mm. you know, from where she had left us. Mm. Um, then the life in France was left, uh, was lived in foster care mostly. Mm -hmm. Uh, with my big sister and myself mm -hmm. uh, being you know from you know being with foster parents mm -hmm. or in foster homes with other children mm -hmm. uh, we would see our mothers um, every other weekend and mm -hmm. sometimes during holidays mm -hmm. um, and then just the recollection of this childhood is um, you know from being here being there yeah we were not always in the same cities but we were mm. always in foster cares mm. wherever we found ourselves mm -hmm. we will end up in foster care mm. um, then during my teenage years, sadly, I lost my mom mm -hmm. when I was 13. Um, she had just recently managed to take us out of that care system. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's maybe seven, eight months after she passed away. Mm -hmm. um, this has kind of left a void. I mean, yeah. living in the childhood of, you know, being in foster care was already a trauma for yeah. me. Mm -hmm. But having now lived with my mom for such a short period of time, mm -hmm. um, left a bigger a bigger void mm -hmm. um mm. and then from there we were separated um, mm. i had two younger sisters at the time and my big sister mm -hmm. but we were then separated mm. two by two living with uh, family members mm -hmm. for me um it was very hard because i had then uh, for the first time being separated from my big sister mm -hmm. who had always been there for me and mm. now we found ourselves being separated mm. um from there um for me i think i spiraled down into uh, depression um mm. I was anorexic for some time, anorexic for some time, mm -hmm. um, and then I attempted suicide a couple of times as well. Mm -hmm. um, it was very hard. It was just mm. very, very hard in my teenagers to even find a place in the world for mm. me. I just didn't think that I belonged anywhere. Mm. Um, after that, um, you know, I had met my, my dad um, after my mom passed away. Mm -hmm. He wanted me to live with him, mm. but this, uh, for me and my family, we just felt it wasn't 
suitable because I didn't really know him mm -hmm. uh, and they didn't really know him either. So we just decided to build a relationship, a distance, kind of a distance relationship mm -hmm. for me mm -hmm. and him. Yeah. I mean, it worked um, as far as, you know, mm. calling each other, mm. writing letters. It yeah. did work. Mm -hmm. um, I did visit him. He, he used to live in London. Well, he lives in London. So I did visit him holidays, um, you know, week, one week, two yeah. weeks and back to France. Mm -hmm. um, it did work. Um, and at the age of 17, my aunt, after an, uh, an event, uh, kicked me out of the mm -hmm. house. Mm -hmm. So I found myself back into the care system because mm -hmm. I was a minor um, at the time, yes. Mm -hmm. So I found myself back into the care system. Mm -hmm. Again, this was quite traumatic for me because mm -hmm. the, the reason why she had kicked me out, I, I couldn't understand it. Mm -hmm. But she had made her mind up that she didn't yeah. want me un in her house anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so I went into the care system again. Um, and at the age of 19, um, you know, by, by the time I was 18, sorry, I moved into a flat, mm -hmm. uh, into a permanent flat mm -hmm. and, um, and, you know, graduated and everything from, um, I would say, sec what we call high school yeah, yeah. Uh, in France. Yeah. So, um, and then I couldn't get into a uni. Mm -hmm. uh, I was on waiting list, but, um, and I thought to myself, why not go live with my dad? Mm -hmm. So I contacted my dad. He was super excited anyway. Mm. So I came to live in London. That's mm. how I ended up in mm. London in mm -hmm. 2002. Mm. Um, it wasn't the greatest time. I mm. mean, um, from coming here on holiday to meeting my other siblings, which my dad had remarried, so I yeah. had other siblings. Mm. From meeting them and now living with them and mm. living with my dad, yeah. it was very different. Yeah. Mm. Um, I didn't quite get to build a, a good relationship with my dad because... I thought at that time that I had already done a life of, you know, I knew kind of, I was an adult then, mm, mm. A, a young adult. Mm. Um, and having him like a hawk behind me all mm. the time. Mm, mm. Um, I mean, for him, I remained that little girl. He had yeah. been left, you know, from, mm. you know, a very young age. Mm -hmm. So it was constantly, um, you know, it was overbearing. It was mm. overwhelming to have him all the time mm. uh, behind me, asking me where I'm going, what I'm doing, mm. wanting a hug, wanting time with me, which mm. for me, I wasn't used to. Mm -hmm. And um, I struggled with it. I, I must admit, I really struggled with it. And mm. I think he struggled with um, the way I reacted to him, mm -hmm. um, which for him was obviously rejection. rejection and yeah. for me, it was really mm. like, I, I want my space. I'm not mm. used to it. I don't mm. want it. Mm. Um, so I ended up um, leaving the house mm -hmm. and moving into a hostel. So mm. I lived in a hostel for some time um, where I'm, you know, I started working as well, mm. my first job. Mm. And I had a friend who I, um, you know, it was a male friend. Mm. Uh, it was actually one of my first friends in, in London. Mm -hmm. And um, sadly, um, an event happened and, um, you know, this, this person who I trusted um, ended up raping me. Mm. And at the time I was a virgin and, mm. and it was for me, again, it was a traumatic event, mm -hmm. um, you know, to have trusted this person and for mm. that person to do that to me. Yeah. Um, it was very hard. It was very hard to take. Um, I did make the point to this guy that we had to be in a relationship because for me, I couldn't envision having sex with someone and not being in a relationship yeah. with him. Mm. So we stayed in a relationship, but again, the basics of that relationship was, was wrong. So yeah. it didn't work out. Um, mm. And then we separated. Um, after that, for me, um, you know, every time I had a relationship, for me, sex meant nothing. So mm. I would just, you know, whatever. Mm. Um, and I ended up falling, uh, being pregnant mm -hmm. with my first child. Mm -hmm. 
again, it's a traumatic event. I didn't expect to be pregnant. All mm -hmm. I did was go to the GP. Yeah. And then the GP telling me I'm pregnant. So I, I remember that day I was crying as if my, my life was over. Mm. And then I called um, this um, person I was obviously in a relationship with. Mm. And he just, um, at first, he told me to have an, abor an abortion mm. without mm. without even thinking. Mm. And then when I said that this was not something that I, was, I would even consider, mm -hmm. um, he just started de denying the pregnancy. And mm. um, we just... We just separated from there. Mm. A lot of things unraveled uh, behind the scenes, but mm. that is all in the book. Mm -hmm. uh, but then, obviously, um, I then went through my pe pregnancy on my own. Mm -hmm. And my dad had turned his back on me uh, because of the fact that I was pregnant and obviously being by myself. Mm. Um, so then I had my baby. Mm. Um, obviously, I'm grateful um, mm -hmm. to have been able to carry life and, and the life. You know, mm. was manifested now. I had a child. Mm. Um, then um, when my daughter was about three years old, um, mm -hmm. I got into a relationship, which I talk at length in my book. Mm. The relationship was quite abusive. Mm. Um, I wouldn't say straight from the start, but a couple of months after mm. being in the relationship with this guy, mm. the relationship um, deteriorated um, mm. from I went through uh, physical abuse, mm. um, emotional abuse, mm. mental abuse, mm. uh, financial abuse. Yeah. I mean, if you, the, on the spectrum of, of abuse, um, I've been through all of them, um, as, even as far as sexual abuse, mm. uh, because some people don't believe that you yeah, can be yeah, raped yeah. by yeah. your partner, but yeah. I've been through that. Mm. Um, so I talk about it at length in my book. Mm. Um, I was broken. I, I have to admit, I was broken, and all mm. the decisions I was making uh, from, you know, from be from a young adult point of view I, it was from a broken place yeah um mm. and i had to um kind of pick myself up i was mm. well i am a christian at that time i called myself a christian but i don't think i was actually living the christ life mm -hmm. that you know I, I should have been living mm. Mm. um but then um towards the end of that relationship um I think I've actually emotionally detached myself from this person a, mm. a year before mm. voicing it out so I just, I just, I wasn't there anymore. Mm, um, mm. I, just, I had decided that, okay, I'm, I want to end this relationship, mm. but I want to be strong enough to mm. not go back to it. So yeah. I had to really take my time and, and, um, and the abuse continued during that time anyway, mm. but I had to really build myself. So what I did is, um, I started talking a little bit here and there, uh, yeah. dropping hints to people who knew me. Mm. Um, but I don't think anyone actually understood what yeah, I was talking course, about. Yeah. Um, mm. I wanted help, but I didn't want to expose myself too much, if yeah. that makes sense. Mm. Uh, but in the end, I think um, the last time he put his hands on me, I think I, I, I just had enough. Mm. Um, so I packed my children and myself, because at that time we had another, we, I had a child with this person. Mm. I packed my children and went to my parents. Mm. And then I, I just I just offloaded there. Mm. And I think they were shocked mm. because I had been in, a re, in the relationship yeah. with this person for nearly six years. Mm. And they... They didn't know that that was happening. Yeah, yeah. so oh, I think God. they were my 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 stepmom was just looking at me, and, and I think she she was thinking, "Are you telling me what you're telling me, or are you making it up?" Yeah. So she was very she was very shocked. Um, mm -hmm. but then obviously having uh, my, my daughter was at the time she, she she was at an age where she understood. So she and she had seen some of the abuse. Yeah. She could, you know, as, as um, tell. Yeah, she could yeah. testify that this is actually yes, mm. mommy is telling the truth. Mm. Um, so I separated from, from this person. It was very hard because mm. 
he didn't want to he didn't want to let go and mm. um and at some point i thought to myself um i might as well be with this person so mm. i was very hesitant though i had made mm. up my mm. mind i thought maybe mm. um you know as people say better the devil you know so yeah, i yeah, thought to yeah, myself yeah. am i yeah. making the right mm. thing at least mm. i know with this person yeah. what to expect mm. um so fearfully i was just asking myself questions and i said no you know what um i have a boy and i have a girl and mm. i said to myself do i really want my um, children growing up and thinking that this is love and mm. this is how a relationship should look like. So for the sake of my children, that's where I took a stand and I said, no more. It's mm. just not going to happen anymore. Mm. Um, and um, I started then my journey of healing. Mm. Uh, it took time. Uh, then I, I just started the journey of healing uh, through books, mm. uh, through prayer, mm -hmm. mostly prayer, um, mm. and then just being able to open up to certain people mm. um, really helped me um, seek that, that not only to break the soul tie, mm. but to move past uh, the desire even mm. of being in a relationship, yeah. mm -hmm. um, mm. you know, that would not work for me. So mm. not, not just for me, but for me and my children. Yeah. Um, so I just sought God and, mm. and really held on to God at that mm. time because I, I could feel myself sinking into depression. I could feel myself mm. wanting to run back to the person and, mm. I, and yeah. I just had to really be yeah. strong um, mm. in, in what I desired and what I should uh, aspire for my children to see. Um, mm. And just for myself, I mean, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, some I they need to see their mom being loved the right way yeah and I do deserve mm. to be loved the right way so yeah. why should I mm. lower myself to um, mm. being abused um, mm. constantly abused so um, that's that's it so mm. I just um, God has been the, a yeah. good help <laughs> yeah. in, in, in uh, stepping yeah. out of that yeah. so a lot of your help came from the fact that you were a Christian would, would you say that yes did yes. you get uh, help um, from secular um um like counseling secular counseling or um psychiatry so during during my during that relationship at some mm -hmm. point we i attended counseling by myself and we mm -hmm. tried couple counseling um counseling by myself to be honest um i didn't find it a great help yeah um i just remember the the counselor just sitting there mm. And um, I mean, maybe it was me, but anyway, I do yeah. remember just the counselor sitting there and just asking me questions. Mm. And I was like, well, you're not really helping me. Mm. Um, you're not giving me tips to, yeah. to help me. You, you're just wanting yeah. me skills. Yes, mm. you know, you're just wanting me to tell you, but then what exactly are you doing? Yeah. So I, um, so I had a few sessions and I just thought it's, it's not working Wiki. for me yeah um couple counseling we attended the first session together mm. then he just didn't want to attend so i, I just had to mm. to, to leave terminate. it yes oh yeah so yeah that's that's paulette and uh, a lot of uh, the story i mean she just went very very brief uh, a lot is in the book so um she will tell us in the end how uh, uh people can access the book and where they can uh, get it from I read it myself and uh, yeah, it, it's really impacting. And, uh, you know, to see her like this today, if you read the book and look at her today, you wouldn't even think it's the same person. But, you know, yeah, uh, you, you can heal. Uh, you, you really can heal. Um, and, 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 and the good thing about it is that uh, you can heal and then you can be a help to those who are still in the situation. So we will move now to uh, question time. What prompted you to write the book in the first place? 
So um, the first time I shared my testimony, mm. um, openly shared my testimony, mm -hmm. I attended an outreach project um, okay. in a young um, women's prison. So okay. it was a young offenders prison. All right. uh, and that's the first time I ever shared my testimony. Um, okay. it, was, it was a great time. That was my first time stepping into a prison. Yeah. Um, and I was, I was very, very anxious. But mm. I shared my testimony there in front of inmates. Mm. And uh, when I came out of the platform, um, I just remember the, the inmates mm -hmm. and the, the ladies also took part in the outreach. Some mm. of them came and commented that, oh, um, just like you said earlier, mm. uh, you know, looking at you, it doesn't yeah. look, you know, you don't the look story. like what you've been you through. Uh, it's yeah. just amazing. So, yeah. the, so, and then comments were made about, oh, you should write a book. And I was like, mm, I don't, I don't know how to. You know, I don't really feel comfortable about people knowing my story, really. Yeah, I like the, I the mystery of, yeah. uh, of who I am. Mm. Um, but then I started writing a blog. So after the suggestion, I started writing a blog. Um, I couldn't keep up with the blog. But mm. then again, um, the comments that I had from the blog was, you should write a book. Mm. And I said, you know what? Um, okay, I'll consider it. Mm -hmm. Then um, one of my good friends, who's a prophet, um, mm. You know, it's, it, one one day we will, you know, after an event, um, we started we started praying. Um, you know, just randomly started mm -hmm. praying, mm -hmm. and uh, straight away he started giving a prophecy. Um, and the prophecy was, I, I see you with a lot of books around you. And he said, mm. Are you writing a book? Oh, and wow. I said, No, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's not even in my plans. Yeah. <laughs> um, but. Um, I had to obey God. Yeah. Um, I just had to obey yeah. God. And that's where the whole journey yes. started. Um, you know, I, mm. I started, I stopped, I started, I stopped. And I said, you know what? Mm. I have to obey. And yeah. this is yeah. the results. Yeah. I guess it's not easy to write about such sensitive uh, stuff about yourself. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, you know, some people may not understand. Some people may judge you. Some mm -hmm. people may criticize. Mm -hmm. And... Um, you know, and some people may not even believe that, you know, that was true. Some people may find fault with mm. some of the things that you did. And, you know, before you write, you are thinking of all those things. How yes. am I going to handle those things when they come? Because when the book is out there, I'm mm. going to get those things. So, but, you know, well done because, mm. you know, it's, it's going to help a lot of people that, mm -hmm. you know, can do the same as well. The second question is... Um, in your book, you didn't really talk about it in the brief, but in your book, I'm not sure if you will be comfortable with this. In your book, you did mention that you became a bit flirty and uh, you, you flirt a lot and you, you like the attention when you were flirting. And mm -hmm. then that behavior put you in trouble. And mm -hmm. I think uh, you did say that you think maybe the rape could have been prompted by the behavior because mm. there are two times where in the book you mentioned you um, you would you would be so free with mm. with, with men yeah. or guys mm -hmm. to a point where you you were so trusting like a child mm. and you would trust them so much as friends mm -hmm. and not even think that they could be thinking the other way and you would get yourself in like sometimes you would share the bed with them and you wouldn't even think that they could be thinking something. Mm -hmm. And then uh, there was one time that one of them uh, made advances mm -hmm. and you were so surprised because you didn't expect that. <laughs> you were really, really shocked. Mm -hmm. And then you were so frightened that, my God, what have I done? Mm -hmm. 
and and then the other time i think that's when it even led to mm. uh, you and then you, you 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 reflected on that afterwards mm. and 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 thought no flitting is not uh, so how can you just kind of like um help people about the flitting because i know that a lot of women sometimes we do like mm. you know some some women are comfortable with flitting and then uh, and when you are younger it's you know it can be dangerous sometimes and yeah. we get a lot of rapes that come because of you know mm -hmm. this flirting because i think the language that women talk is not the same language that men talk yes. and then and then so you are not on the same plane with men and men are thinking you want them when you mm -hmm. flirt and what you need is just them admiring attention you. <laughs> you know and then you just want the admiration you are not looking at anything and then they think oh she wants me so i need to do what she wants mm. and then they get surprised when you are shocked when they are making advances mm. because as far as they are concerned you you invited yes. them yeah. and then on the other hand what are they doing I you know i didn't want that so can you just help people out there especially the young people you know around flirting and mm. the dangers of of it mm. I think, um, thank you. I think for, for me, uh, when I started um, this flirtatious behavior, um, and I haven't said it in a brief, but you, obviously it's, it's in a book, um, at the age of um, nine, I do mm -hmm. mention being actually raped at the age of nine. Mm -hmm. um, but I wouldn't say obviously it's different, rape is rape, mm -hmm. but um, in, a foster, in a foster home where we lived obviously with children, I was raped, but I was raped by a girl mm -hmm. um, at the time. So for me, that triggered a lot of questions at, mm -hmm. that, at such a young age, um, you know, for um, my understanding of relationship is a man and a woman. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then to be raped by a woman um, mm -hmm. at the time, I think, you know, just Physically, for me, it made me question myself. Mm -hmm. um, you know, at some point, I was thinking, "Am I, am I a lesbian? Am mm -hmm. I going to turn into one?" Mm -hmm. um, so, in my teenage years, then when boys started showing me attention, mm -hmm. I played on that. So yeah. for me, it was affirming the fact that I yeah. was, yeah. Uh, I was heterosexual. So yeah. I was like, "Oh, good, guys are now yeah. showing attention to me." Yeah, and let me make the most of it. Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, so I became flirtatious from there. So yeah. it was just reaffirming that I am a woman and mm. men are attracted by me. Mm. So my experience of that rape, mm. being raped by a woman, is actually nullified by the fact that boys are actually attracted mm. to me. Mm. Um, so um, it's, it's a dangerous game to play. Yeah, it is it's, a it's, very, it's a very dangerous yeah. game to play. And yeah. as you said, yeah. and those are just, just the two stories that I, I recount in the book. Yeah. I mean, the book could have been bigger. Uh, yeah. In all honesty, this is a lot, but it's not yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, it is I had very to, summarized. Yes, I, had I to could peak, tell when I read yeah. yeah. So I had to pick what to discuss. What to discuss, um, yeah. I mean, with for young people or even, you know, women my age or mm. any age women, mm. I think flirting um you know as as trivial as this may be i mm. think if you're not interesting in the person mm. don't be flirting with yeah. them because mm. you're now sending the, the the wrong um you're not you're sending the wrong Messages. signal yeah. you're sending the wrong message mm. yes mm. and then the person obviously is understanding your flirtatious behavior in a different way as yeah. well mm -hmm. so um you know you could be oh you just want the attention but then mm. the person wants you Mm. So then again, you, you mm. are not, like you said, you're not mm. on the same page. You just yeah. want the attention. The person wants more than mm. the attention. Mm. And then you find yourself in situations where 
sadly the person can abuse you mm. or um and at times as well, you can have you can build a reputation mm. without you having done anything. Yeah. Just being flirtatious, yeah. you build yourself uh. a reputation mm -hmm. where, you know, the boys or men are not talking about you in yeah. a way that is not really who you yeah. are. Yeah. Um, but then your behavior mm. is is mm. making them uh, question yeah. even yeah. your integrity in yeah. in wanting a, a serious relationship. Yeah. In your case, it's understandable because of where it came from. You know, you were, you were, you started to have gender uh, identity. Uh, you issues, know yeah. uh, issues and then so when you realize that when you flat you get the attention from the opposite mm, sex yeah. that to you was a reward mm. kind of but you know there are girls that um just flat out of, uh, of flatting and mm. unfortunately a whole lot of them end up really being raped and then as you said um that there was a, a one occasion that you were in a party and then there's this guy that was your friend as mm -hmm. well who invited you to come to his flat with him mm -hmm. he wanted to pick something i think he said then you went to his flat to pick something mm -hmm. you were so trusting that you didn't think of anything and then the next thing he got you into a room and you you know at least he didn't do anything yes. that day but mm -hmm. you know he was of the impression that that's what you always wanted yes, from him. Exactly. So that day he was going to give what he thought you wanted. Yes. And he was shocked when you said, no, 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 that's not what I meant. <laughs> yes. And then at least he respected that. Mm -hmm. So that was a near miss. Yes. And, and it came from sending wrong messages. Right, so yes. it's very um, important how, you know, people behave, uh, uh, you know, especially the young, you know, how you behave when you are among uh, the opposite sex. Because as I said, we speak two different languages, especially our nonverbal behavior, are saying different things. Sometimes even the way you dress can say a lot to a man or a guy, especially a young man. And then, you know, they think you are dressing like that for them. And then you are dressing like that because you want sex. And then you, you haven't said anything, just the way you look, they conclude. And then they start to do things uh, that, you, you know, sometimes won't be uh, pleasant or we, we can regret. So it's very important to watch how we behave and the words we use and, you know, the cues that we, we send out there. Here is a short snippet of the second part of my interview with Paulette. You know, with abusive partners, um, for, for me, it's a you have to save yourself mm. and you have to save your children mm -hmm. so i remember i told my daughter so many times telling me to why can i can i have a different dad can't you just go you know mm. my daughter would question me mm. and mm. at the back of those questions is the fact that you're not being treated right mom yeah. when you fell pregnant for the first time you said um you you were in a church the guy obviously wanted you to abort the the, 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 the child but then you didn't so you opened up to the pastor who was a lady, you said. How really did it affect your relationship with God at the time? It was very, it was, it was hard because church had become a family. Yeah. But um, I just thought, you know what, if, if people are like that, God mm. must be like that. So mm. I, I don't want, I wouldn't want anything to do with mm. it. Um, yeah. I'm just going to do my own thing. 